This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. I'm back again after more loafing and hoping. Just a lot of procrastination. And I should have did this show like earlier in the week. Now it's Saturday and I'm doing this show. While I got Coppin State and Norfolk State in the background. You know how I do these shows sometimes. With games playing in the background. I just randomly react in the middle of the show. You know how I go. You know how I go. But yeah, man. Episode 133, we out here. And I got to start by saying... Rest in peace, Tyson Edwards. If you don't know who Tyson Edwards is, he's a guy that that had cancer. Uh, his his dad went went viral on Sooner Twitter by you know talking about his story and the treatments he's going through, and he's just been keeping us updated. And Tyson has his own account and has been keeping us updated as well. I kind of missed my chance to formally meet Tyson and his dad twice. Because uh, they were in Dallas for you, Texas. And I was at the flag football game for his honor, in his honor, uh, the charity flag football game. I was there. And, uh, yeah, I kind of missed my chance to say what's up to him and, and you know, say what an inspiration he is to me and others. You know, I just kind of just... I don't know, said hi to a, a few people I met on Twitter and kind of dipped, like went to the went to go get some barbecue with my friend Ben. And then also uh, I saw him at the fair before the game, but I kind of kind of left him alone. You know, I didn't know what to say once again. But, you know, you know, I, I, lo- I get lost with all the updates, so I didn't really know what was going on. But I knew something was really wrong when Tyson tweeted he couldn't get this this latest treatment he needed and that he was going to hospice care. I was like, when you see the word hospice, you know it's about to end. And I'm like, I did not just read this. I was like, this guy is really about to go in hospice. This two-year journey, this two-year fight, it's just going to end just like that? I was like, no way, man. No way. Man, a day and a half later, I wake up in the morning, and his dad posted that he passed. And I'm like, come on. You cannot be serious, bro. Cannot be serious. Man, I don't know what to do. I send my condolences. I mean, I don't know if they still accept a donation for funerals or whatever, but I'm just shocked. Like, I thought he was going to keep going, but, you know, I did finally look up what his cancer was, and he had stage 4 testicular cancer. I don't know. I was looking up how does that even happen. It's just one of them things that it just comes out of nowhere because of genetics and family history, all that stuff. Just stuff that's beyond your control. You just, you looking it up, there isn't much cure for it. 
the very limited treatment options, you get it, you're in trouble, especially if it's in its advanced stages. So I can't imagine what this kid has been going through the past two years with something that the only you can't really avoid it. You just have to hope to catch it early and, you know, do chemo and all the, the other cancer treatment things you you do. That's it. But, man, I'm sick, man. He gone. Um, I'm just going to just, oh, man, just keep his family in your prayers. And, you know, when you're having a rough day, when it looked like you don't want to keep going. Remember, you know, this kid fought for two years with stage four testicular cancer. So, you know, you you have it in you to fight the toughest battles. The Lord gave that to you. And Tyson proved that. Rest in peace, Tyson Edwards. I love how Sooner Nation supported him and his family. And it's just, just sad, man. I just, just hate how he went out. But, you know, you just got to take the positive about it and um and take the good things out of his, his memory, you know. Tyson Strong, you got to fight. Now to, you know, move on, move on to other topics. Carson Wentz is a commander. Carson Wentz is a commander. When I first found out, I was doing a lift ride. I was doing a lift session. I was picking up someone from, you know, close to where my church is. Picking them up right before I picked them up. Breaking news hit. I was listening to sports radio that Carson Wentz was a commander. And my mouth just flew open. I couldn't believe it. As this passenger was getting in the car, I kept saying, no way, no way, no way. How is this happening right now? Now, when you listen to sports radio, especially of a team like the Commanders who are desperate for a quarterback, you hear all week about different QB options. You hear enough about Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson, and then, you know, once you get off that, then you start discussing Trubisky and Garoppolo. I've heard it all. Carson Wentz, they, like, maybe brought it up here and there as a potential option, but it wasn't really in their top ten as far as Commanders fans and radio sports radio personalities. It wasn't in their top ten. And then this guy becomes a commander. Game over. The only way I should be worried as an Eagles fan is that he plays like he did in 2019 or 2017. If he plays like he did on tw- in 2020, he won't even, I don't even think he's going to, make it through training camp. They'll cut him at training camp because Taylor Heineke is going to win the job or the draft pick. They'll probably draft the quarterback. Like, don't kid yourself. But it might be a late-round quarterback. If he played like he did in 2020, I don't think he's going to make the team. 
But if we play like he did in 2017, this team is uh I was gonna say gonna win the division, but if you play like you did in 2017, you know what? They are going to win the division, and they'll be at least in the second round. They'll basically take the Cowboys' place, which means your ceiling is the second round. Let me repeat that. I said your ceiling is the second round. So you and the Cowboys are one and the same. But I could say the Eagles, too, because, you know, I think their ceiling's kind of the second round, too. But Jalen Hurts. I mean, come on. I've seen him do some amazing things. And if we can, you know, get some more playmakers on defense, who knows? Who knows what the Eagles can do? But Washington Commanders, second round at best. Cowboys, second round at best. At best. No matter how good Carson Wentz does. Now, this might be good for Terry McLaurin because I sat there and watched in Philly Eagles and Washington football team at the time, you know, actually they were the Washington sitcom, but I won't play the circus music right now. But I kept watching Garrett Gilbert underthrow Terry McLaurin. I kept watching Taylor Heineke underthrow people. Carson Wentz can let that thing go. He is a cannon of an arm. Sure, he holds on to the ball a lot, but man... And sometimes he has some head-scratching turnovers. But this guy, when he on, oh, man. I think, you know, the Colts got rid of him because what they saw at the end of the season scared them. This was for sure a playoff team. And then they lost the last two games. I don't understand. Well, they don't either. They don't understand less than we do. It's like you're supposed to beat the Raiders. You're supposed well, okay, the Raiders are about just as good as they are. But the Jaguars, that's ridiculous. It just shows that they couldn't trust Carson Wentz in crunch time. And that probably scared the heck out of the Colts coaching staff in front office. So they had to move off of that. And, you know, Washington Commanders, desperate for a quarterback. Of course, they jumped at it because they just believed that that was the best option. We'll see, man. Because, you know, watching Carson Wentz, I I rolled for this dude to the very end. To the very end, man, until he got benched for Jalen. And then I just, it was easy to get back on, to get on the Jalen Hurts bandwagon because, I mean, I've been on it before. He was with the Sooners. And he bought us back from 28 to 3. No organs. No organs. You already know. You already know. But Carson Wentz, man. Welcome back to the division. The Colts play against the Commanders. In Indy, that's going to be fun. The Commanders play against the Eagles twice. And I plan to go to both games. Now, I think one of these games, and I really hope one of these games... It's going to be on my birthday, and I would love to see it. I would absolutely love to see it. Not sure why my TV just went off, but I'm about to turn it back on just like that. (laughs) They was tripping. But, yeah, 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 yeah. That's crazy, man. Wentz, 
Wentz wagon. <laughs> man, listen, man. You still gonna have trouble with Vobert. And eat okay. So even if we get somewhere in the middle, my best educated guess is that the Washington Commodores are gonna be either seven and ten or eight and nine. I think eight and nine. I get them the benefit of the doubt. I get them that extra win. They're gonna be eight and nine. Yeah, they'll probably let Carson go. That's my realistic outlook. You, you know, if I really think about it, and he and Carson Wentz is really that guy that I rooted for at his best, then yeah, they could be really good. But come on, it's the Washington Commodore. Come on now, I shouldn't be that word. Let's see what happens. Cause you gonna respect the bird at the end of the day. Now speaking of the bird. Oh, uh, okay. I was going to say the Deshaun Watson thing for the end. Okay. I'll talk more about Deshaun Watson later. But. So Deshaun Watson was found, I guess, not guilty. By a grand jury or. I don't know. They don't. They declined to indict him. I don't know what, what, what just happened. But it was a big legal hurdle. He climbed. And now teams are all over trying to, uh, oh, I lost Wi-Fi connection. Just great. That has nothing to do with, uh, <laughs> that has nothing to do with recording the show. But anyway, man, he, he cleared a big legal hurdle and now teams are like climbing over themselves, trying to put together a trade package for him. Of course, Washington commanders are out of that sweepstakes. They decided to get Carson Wentz. I don't know what made them give up, but it is what it is. Uh, the Eagles are set to be in it, but Deshaun Watson has the no trade clause. So he ain't coming to Philly. Just like Russell Wilson declined to go to the Commanders and the Eagles. That's another thing. They really sized some clip about Russell Wilson getting pressured by his friends and family back home. He's from the Richmond area wanting him to come back to the East Coast, especially for the commanders. Richmond's, what, an hour, hour? Yeah, maybe less than an hour from Ashburn and that's where headquarters are. So, yeah, I was like, that's the only chance that these guys have of getting Russell Wilson. That Russell Wilson decides all of a sudden, you know what? It'd be cool to come back home and play. That's literally the only chance they had. Because other than that, that owner, that team, I don't think he messing with it. And he wasn't. So he declined it. But he wanted to stay out West Coast. He want, and he liked the Denver situation. And so he waived his no trade clause for that. He There was one of the four teams he mentioned that he possibly want to go to last year. When this first came up, <laughs> man, but back to the Sean Watson thing, the Eagles, they putting their hat in the ring, but the Sean Watson's going to say no. So it's a wrap for that. People are saying, okay, I'm hearing Pittsburgh being a realistic destination. I think I think that's going to be where he ends up going. It's Pittsburgh. Brian Brian Flores 
Mike Tomlin, the organization, world-class organization, I can see him going there. The, the defense, I can really see him going there. Uh, Tampa will be a nice spot for him as well. I think Tampa and the Steelers. I, I can't. I mean, there's several teams is going to inquire about him. But that's those are the top two, I believe. So the Eagles are going to be out of luck, just like the Commanders. But the Commanders got Carson Wentz. And I think the Eagles should give Jalen Hurts one more year and just draft the late round. If you're really that worried, just draft the late round quarterback. Or you could just stand pat and just bolster the rest of the team and put some pieces around Jalen Hurts and keep Gardner Minshew as a backup and just run it again. Let's run it back. And let's see what happens. Then if it don't work out, hey, there's a supposed better QB class next year. And then who knows what type of QB free agents they're going to be. But let's give Jalen one more year and let's see what happens. I'm just saying. And another thing is the Eagles are trying to get in on the Chandler Jones sweepstakes. And they're trying to get on. The Amari Cooper sweepstakes. Chandler Jones makes sense, especially if they're letting go Fletcher Cox. Especially if they're trading Fletcher Cox. I would love to have Chandler Jones. To be honest, I wish we can find a way to have Chandler Jones and Fletcher Cox. That would be great. And then maybe draft the DN. Oh, my God, bro. D-line would be vicious. It'd be better than the commander. I think that's what they should do, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. I don't know how much that costs to have both Chandler Jones and Fletcher Cox. It sounds really expensive, but if you can make it happen, especially with a QB on a rookie contract, you might as well. Uh, let's see. Amari Cooper, <laughs> if he knew uh, the Cowboys were going to cut him or trade him, I guess he didn't know. If he knew that, maybe he would have took that contract with the Commanders. He'd still be with the Commanders. Um, I can't see him going to the Eagles or the Commanders. Is they'll they'll go all out for him. But we'll see, man. He could go somewhere like Green Bay, but then again, I don't. They don't have the cap. They don't have the cap. Uh, who else? We, that's a tough one. I have to look and see who has the cap space. I'm sure you could go somewhere like Jacksonville. Just for the money, I guess. You could maybe go somewhere like... Shoot, man. Can't even think of it right now. <laughs> I was going to say... I was going to say... I was going to say the Rams, but they're loaded. Like... There's going to be a market for Amari Cooper, and I can see him in the NFC East. Would love to have him on the Eagles. I'm very worried about former Cowboys and their history with the Eagles, like Skandrick. I mean, DeMarco Murray didn't do too bad. It's just he got caught up in the Chip Kelly thing, and he wasn't healthy that often. Um, And then also, T.O., no, that was the other way around. Oh, Miles Austin was just okay. 
But the Landro Skandrick thing was bad. And I don't want to see that again. I'm just saying. But, you know, the hype going to be there. Trying to make our team better. Trying to take the next step. But I really, I'm really in favor. If we can afford it, I'm really in favor of getting Chandler Jones a draft pick and keeping Fletcher Cox. I'm telling you, man, that would make our defense vicious. Draft some defensive first rounds. Draft some killers in the first round. And then get Chandler Jones. It's a wrap. And who knows? Who knows they're going to do? And then on offense, we run the ball. Oh, man. And then keep that defense fresh. Ain't no ceiling. The ceiling ain't going to be the second round. It's going to be the NFC Championship. Maybe even the, I say it. I don't want to say it. No, I'm going to say it. The Super Bowl. We really have a chance to build a monster defense. Y'all in trouble. All right, now, okay. Now, back to the. Back to the Russell Wilson stuff, man. I already, all right. I kind of already talked about that, but man, he he really left for the Broncos. When there's smoke, there's fire, and now they let go Bobby Wagner. I mean, what's next? They let go basically their two captains, their two biggest pieces, like the last five to ten years. What are they going to do with Jamal Adams? What are they going to do with Metcalf and Tyler Lockett? What what are they going to do with these guys? I'm interested to see. They traded for Drew Locke. What? Bro, either they really believe in him or he's just a stopgap quarterback until they find a quarterback they really want. Oh, and they're in the... I'm pretty sure they're in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, too. Let's see what happens. But that's crazy, though. They decided to possibly rebuild. I don't know. I'm I'm really watching to see how this goes. Because they get Deshaun Watson, dog. What else are you going to put around them? That, that's the interesting thing. At least they finally have a first-round pick. Now, they got the number nine pick, but I'm just wondering. Where would they go with that pick? Because it's been a while since we've seen them make a great first-round pick. It's been a while. Are they going to go quarterback? Are they going to go defense? Are they going to go... Every mock draft I've seen, I haven't seen any running backs that high up. There is no Saquon Barkley's. There are no Ezekiel Elliott's in this draft. From what I've seen. So, yeah. I doubt they go receiver unless they trade Metcalf in Tyler Lockett. But, yeah. Um, yeah, Wilson to the Broncos. That shocked me. And this this was the day before all the Wentz stuff. And before then, Aaron Rodgers staying with Green Bay makes sense. I mean, come on. They're willing to pay you $50 million. And you arguably have the best roster in the league. Doesn't make sense to go anywhere else. Even to the Broncos. 
So I'm hearing that the Broncos were running up runner up and getting Rodgers. Or he could have went to San Fran. He could have went to the Titans. Those are the names I, I kept hearing. But I think the Broncos were next in line and then they end up getting they end up getting Russell Wilson. I'm just wondering how it's such an attractive destination, but I'm thinking about it and I'm like you got Elway at the helm. You got a young, up-and-coming roster with a lot of talent. You got great fans, great history. I guess I can see how these high-profile quarterbacks like it, like that place. I mean, I know it's got to be cold as a mug out there and then the high altitude. But if everyone wants to come there, obviously there are ways to handle that. But, man, Russell Wilson going out there, Aaron Rodgers staying put. But it's just like, that's why I never fell for the okey-doke. Y'all talk way too much about Aaron Rodgers' every little move like he was going to leave Green Bay. All the drama was nonsense. That's why I never really wanted to talk about it because it just, just let me know when you make an actual move. It's like the longer and longer this went on, the more I just thought, you know what, Aaron Rodgers thing. I don't know what I don't know what this guy's doing. I don't know why all the why the dog and pony show. But hey, he's saying. So it is what it is. Um, let's see. Our Broncos have a potential to be real nice. And he might get Von Miller back. Man, what? This is going to be crazy. Oh, and Bobby Wagner, I hope he comes to the Eagles. We get him. I don't know if they can afford all these guys. It helps to have a QB on a rookie contract. But if they can somehow pull off Bobby Wagner, Fletcher Cox, Chandler Jones, and three defensive first-round draft picks or two, Super Bowl. But then again, there's also a real possibility he goes to the Washington Commanders and that would just straight up worry me. And I'd be, yeah, I would be very worried about that. Hopefully that doesn't happen. And he goes to the AFC or something. <laughs> or he just comes with the bird. Come come, just mess with the bird. You, you might as well. <laughs> Man, go ahead. Uh yeah, you you gotta watch out for Packers being a Super Bowl contender again because they brought the band the band back together. But are they actually gonna do it this time, or are they just gonna choke? And what are they gonna do with Jordan Love? Oh, I heard a lot of chatter because they re-signed Aaron Rodgers to a four-year contract. That Jordan Love would potentially go to the commanders they would trade for him i'm just like doesn't make sense a guy that might not beat out taylor heineke i was like you sure you want to do that i mean it would be a cheap underrated option but i just like i just like it doesn't make sense doesn't make that much sense carson Wentz is a better option than jordan love 
So I would have loved to see them do that because that would have been funny. <laughs> oh, man. They're going to have to do something with Jordan Love. I mean, we're going into what? This is year three of Jordan Love. The first two years resulted in Aaron Rodgers getting MVP twice. Yeah, he took that personally. Now, what are the next few years going to withhold? Are they going to trade him away? But who's going to trade for him? I mean, I don't know. Any QB desperate team can trade for him if they don't trust in any of these draft picks. But, man, they're going to have to do something with him. Just like with Jimmy Garoppolo in New England. They, they had to move him at some point. And now you see what he's doing. Now, I don't know if Jordan Love is going to be as good somewhere else. But won't know unless we give it a shot. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, the A-10 championships at the what's-the-name center, the Capital One Center. And I faded it this far. But, you know, I faded it, and I'm going to the high school state championship tonight. But I'm like, dang, I could have went to that. Oh, there's still time. I could still possibly go to the championship tomorrow. Uh, we'll see. But it's good to have them in town. And I've been caught up with their nonsense already because I got stuck behind one of their buses. But that's it. Other than that, you know, it's good to have them in D.C. playing their tournament. And maybe one of these teams will go on to the Sweet 16 or something. Or maybe further than that. Heck. Shoot. You had VCU make the Final Four before. And they come out that that conference. So, we'll see. Glad, glad to have them. Welcome to D.C. Okay, while well, I was in Jamaica, I saw Duke and Carolina. And it it kind of it kind of lived up to the hype, but in a weird way. I wasn't rooting for anybody. I just wanted a good game. But you know that game just reminded me how good Brady Manic is. Like how I miss watching him play. And so you know he transferred to UNC this year. It was out of nowhere. I mean, but Lon left and. I just didn't think he'd go to Carolina. I thought he'd stay in that region. But he went there, kind of didn't hear about him all year. He shows up in one of the biggest, most hyped games of the year. And he just went ballistic. Well, okay. I knew he was going to kill it. At the beginning of the game, he hit a three to put him up five. I was like, ooh, he can't play. Now, on defense, it's just part of the Brady Manic experience. Because he's so tall, he ends up down low and has to guard these bigger, stronger post players. He had to guard Paolo Banchero, who's, I, I don't know, like, Banchero can play out on the wing. He could play in a post. This guy's going to be really good. And he had to guard him, and it looked like Banchero was giving him the business. But in the second half, he really hung in there. And made it tough for Banchero. And he kind of did a little bit of that in the Big 12. You know, he 
he's getting eight by these post players, but he'd, he'd hang in there and he'd make a big defensive play when it's time. But, you know, the real difference was Baycott. Like, Baycott was a man down low, and he had that dunk to put the game away. It's just like, man, that team, like, Duke went on their run in the first half, especially when Baycott went out. But in the second half, like, their UNC's guards took over, and Brady Manick was hitting more back-breaking threes. I'm like, man, where has this Carolina team been all season? And it just really, just really ruined the Coach K farewell party. And they had all their players. They had so many former players. Jay Will, Shane Battier, Christian Leitner, Grant Hill, the coach from Howard. I can't believe I don't know his name right now. They had, oh, man. Oh, man. Every, you know, Duke player you can imagine. They were there. I think Jay Billis was there. I think Jay Billis was calling the game. Like, it was crazy, man. Of course, he was emotional. This is just a lot. A lot of crowd shots to his wife, who was very into the game. I mean, how can you not be after all these years? I love Mr. Go30's video on it on Twitter. It was hilarious. But, um, yeah, man, UNC just, they really was up to the challenge and and spoiled the party. And that's what rivalries are made for. That's why this rivalry is about even and um, wins and losses and point differential. That's why. Because of moments like that. You know what I'm saying? It was fun to watch, and I was hoping to see part three in the ACC tournament. But Virginia Tech decided to wake up. And now we got to hear them for another night on 1067 The Fan. Oh, man. Can't stand this team because they always, they always have to interrupt my sports talk radio with their nonsense midweek show. I'm like, man, man, I don't care about y'all team, boy. Y'all always above average at best. And now they're trying to ruin the party. They ruined Duke UNC Part 3. They might they might sneak in the tournament and push my Sooners further out and leave them on the outside um leave them on the outside look again. It's annoying. But I enjoy watching Duke Carolina, man. Uh even though it wasn't competitive at the end. It's just all the emotion at the beginning and at the end and just all the trolling and the laughs I had after the game. It's just, oh, man, it was so much fun, man. That's why, you know, Twitter at the big sports events is so much fun. All right, Net Sixers. Yeah, that was a blowout. I was supposed to go to that game. I made I verbally committed to going to this game back in December once I saw Embiid and KD have an argument on the court. I was like, I got to see the rematch on March 10th. You know, it sounded good at the time. But then, you know, you know me. I held on to my money. 
decided to procrastinate. And then Ben Simmons gets traded to Ben Simmons gets traded to the Nets and the price of the tickets hiked from like this game. I swear this game was like $50, $60 at the time I wanted to buy it. Ben Simmons gets traded to the Nets and overnight the ticket is 150 to start off with. It might have been, it might have gotten more expensive. And this is without the promise that Ben Simmons was going to be there and that KD was going to play. But it happened. Ben Simmons was in the building. KD was playing. Kyrie was playing. Harden was playing with the, wow. Okay, breaking news, breaking news. By the time you listen to the show, you would have already known and reacted to it. But Amari Cooper is going to the Browns. Oh, my God. Okay, another weapon for Baker Mayfield. Y'all in trouble. And, you know, I already know the Baker Mayfield hate is going to start. You know, I, I could look at Twitter right now to kind of get the temperature of how everyone is reacting to it. But... Oh, boy. (laughs) It's going to be a lot of Baker Mayfield hate. But, you know, at least the Cowboys did get something out of this Amari Cooper um, thing. Because they knew they was getting rid of him. So now Baker Mayfield got another weapon. I don't know what else they're going to add. You know, no OBJ. Probably no Landry. Probably no Jarvis Landry. So what else? Are they going to draft some receivers? Are they going to get some off free agency? I mean, you're going to need more than Najoku, uh, Cooper, and both Coopers, right? Yeah. And, of course, you got the running backs. They might need another receiver or so. Keep Baker Mayfield, like like keeping Jalen Hurts. Keep Baker Mayfield. I know you haven't extended him. I mean, the way he's played and the way the team has been performing, of course you wouldn't. This is a make-or-break year for Baker Mayfield. If he doesn't play well and the team doesn't make the playoffs, but mostly if he doesn't play well, Baker Mayfield will be a back. He flopped. Oh, my God. Norfolk State got flopped after he got pushed. He got a... This is no false state guy. For <laughs> he <laughs> he got in the Coppin State Coppin State kid's face after blocking his shot. Then he pushed him, and the guy from North Falls State flopped and fell hard. He flopped and fell hard. Now he's rolling on the ground, <laughs> bro. This game is a joke. This game, but I'm gonna talk about I'm gonna talk about the Miak and Howard later. But man, oh man, <laughs> what a game! You gotta be kidding me! And now Juan Dixon is talking to him. He he oh, he he really talking on man to man, heart to heart. He was like, man, keep your head in the game. Anyway, man, breaking news while I was trying to, I don't even know what subject I'm on now, man. It's just a lot of breaking news and stuff and and live sports going on. 
I was talking about Nets and Sixers. Yeah, the Nets are going to be dangerous, but everyone knew that. Still, I don't know. That's a tough task because most likely they're going to be in the play-in tournament. It's just too much. Now, a silver lining is that the Cleveland Cavaliers just lost Jared Allen. The only reason I know this because he's on my fantasy team. Anyway, Nets and Sixers, a blowout, a joke. I'm just really surprised at the defense by the Nets. They look very locked in and invested defensively. They had 15 steals. No, I got it right here. Let me talk to you real quick. They had 13 steals. 15 blocks. And held the Sixers to 33% shooting. My knock on them was always that they don't play defense. Now they playing defense. Y'all in trouble. We're all in trouble. But even with the defense they're playing, it's a tough ass to potentially have to stop Giannis and the defending champs or having to beat the Miami Heat. And also, what's another team they might play? Uh, the Chicago Bulls are sliding. They can beat them. I don't think, actually, the Bulls have struggled against them and not just this year. That would be a tough matchup for them. But the Bucks. The Bucks or even the Sixers. The Sixers will regroup and they'll figure out over a course of a seven-game series how to compete, how to compete with this team and potentially beat them. It's going to be tough, but if they're playing like that and then get Ben Simmons back, who is one of the best defenders in the league, oh, man. Oh, man, they're going to be a problem. You know KD and Kyrie, they're going to hop out of bed and score 20. But still, like, come on. But still, if they're playing defense, that just takes it to another level. I'm very impressed by what I saw against the Sixers. But um, you can't count the Sixers out yet. I don't know why Harden went 3 for 17 and then all this talk about how he's been choking in the playoffs and all type of big games. And I'm just like, it's just one game. It's just one game. The Sixers will be fine, and the Nets are dangerous. Um, Remember when I said last show that the Sixers, you know, Sixers fans might be understanding because it's just year one of the Harden experiment, and they're just so happy to have him? Yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. They already, some Sixers fans, they already panicking. They've already given up on this season. They already see this team as a second round at best type of squad. Yep. I was like, well, honeymoon over. <laughs> they already turning on them. <laughs> but that's Philly for you. They're really passionate. I love those guys. Even though I don't really mess with, well, the Flyers I don't really care about. They're kind of irrelevant to me. They're just another one of them teams where they're only annoying when they start winning. And then, what was it? The Phillies? The Phillies, yeah, I was mad they took Bryce Harper, but I'm kind of over that. They're still in our division. I don't really mind them. 
I still would rather have them than the freaking Braves and the Mets. I can't stand the Braves or the Mets. I'd rather have them than those two. And then who else? Of course, I love my birds. I love the Eagles. What's the fourth team that they got? Uh, The Sixers? Yeah, the Sixers, I don't really mind. Even when they beat the Wizards, I was like, eh, whatever. They, They were the better team. It's just, even when... The Sixers are winning. I don't really mind them. It's just the fans. Like, as long as the fans don't talk too much crap, I'm cool with it. And since a lot of these fans are Eagles fans, too, I get along with them. So, it's fine. Uh, Let's see. Okay, now to some DC sports real quick. The Wizards. And I mean the Lizards. They're playing some competitive basketball. I mean, after the All-Star break, they came out, they lost a close game to the Spurs where they played absolutely no defense and let DeJounte Murray get a triple-double. And then, you know, they recently lost to the Hawks and somehow had uh, Trey Young only score 21, but the trade-off was having DeAndre Hunter score 27, which I don't understand. He had his career high against the Wizards, and I'm just mind-blown. But Trey Young had an off game, and they didn't take advantage of it. And, you know, they were down at the end of the game, and they almost came back. They made a game of it, and they just they missed a shot at the end of the game. And it's just another one of those Wizards games where they fought back at the end but just didn't make that one more shot. Now, I've seen it in person. I've seen it on TV. I've heard it on the radio. It's annoying. But that's just how the Wizards are right now. Uh, they lost to the Cavs. I think I mentioned that. Or yeah, I went off about that. That's just no reason why we should have lost that game. Lost to the Clippers again. And I don't know what's worse. Okay, losing a 35-point lead at home is worse. But this time, we had another double-digit lead against the Clippers. This time, it was like 11 points. It wasn't that much. But it was a fourth-quarter lead, 11 points. And these guys can't be serious. They give up an 11-0 run at the end of the game. This team can't be serious. And then, okay, I was like, you know, losing to the Clippers is fine, even though we should have won. That's fine. Okay, now we're going to beat the inconsistent and struggling Lakers. I was like, oh, we got this. Even with LeBron playing, I mean, he has no help. And sure enough, we were winning, and I thought, oh, we got this. We had a seven-point halftime lead and everything. We had a third-quarter lead and everything. And then the fourth quarter, LeBron had 38 at this point. LeBron just took it to another level. And then it just seemed like they couldn't miss And they were just dunking and having highlights all over the place. THT is dunking on people. Austin Reeves almost dunked on somebody. And I'm just like, oh boy. It just became a clinic. We couldn't stop them all of a sudden. And even when we put Porzingis back in the game, Porzingis, he had had, uh, Austin Reeves under the basket. He doesn't dunk on him. Game over. Can't believe it. But I'm still really thankful to have Porzingis. I mean, 
first game back against the Pacers, a game we won. And we beat the Pistons too, by the way. But that game against the Pacers was really encouraging because even with a minutes restriction, this dude still had 21 and I think six. And I'm like, he got me a bunch of fantasy points. He getting me a bunch of fantasy points in all these games. And I'm like, this is perfect for the playoffs. That's why as soon as he, as soon as we traded for him, I put him on my team. I was like, yeah, it's going to be useful. Yeah, I'm definitely going to use him in the playoff. And so far, it's paying off. It's a wrap. Poor Zingas. Oh, it's not only a wrap in the fantasy playoffs. It's a wrap next year. Bradley Bill, poor Zingas. Kyle Kuzma. It looks so good. Already, poor Zingas is playing well. So just imagine next year, once he gets training camp and get his body even healthier and plays regular minutes, done, finished. But for now, but for now, we're trying to catch the Atlanta Hawks and they're just running away and hiding like Jocelyn Allo with this record. I'll get to that later too. But, yeah, it's going to be hard to catch the Hawks. We're two and a half games behind them for the last spot. Um, I'm really hoping that Charlotte falls off because they're right there, too. I'm hoping they fall off or Toronto. One of those three teams is going to have to fall off. And we also going to have to fend off the New York Knicks, who they have the talent to turn it on at any time. So those are the teams we got to worry about because the Pacers – are tanking and rebuilding. The Orlando Magic are out of it. The Pistons, they just lost Isaiah Stewart. They're out of it. So we just have to worry about the the Knicks, the Hawks, the Hornets, and the Raptors. I think everyone else is squarely in, including the Nets. So, yeah, there's still a chance to make this play in. But it's going to be hard, especially when we got to play the Warriors twice. The, the Lakers come back here. I think we will meet the Lakers when they come to D.C. But, um, yeah, we got to play the Knicks again. Uh, yeah, it's not going to be easy. Uh, we got the Bulls who feast on non-playoff teams. It's going to be tough. We can do it, though. We can do it. There's, there's a chance. One of them teams is going to fall off. I don't know which one it's going to be, but one of them going to fall off. And that's an opportunity for the Wizards to possibly sneak in the play-in. Now, they have to play on the road, but they can do it. That's the point. Now, let's get to the Caps. Uh, you know what, man? It, they're winning now, and thank God, because I was just tired of them choking. I was just tired. Of, you, you know what? It's the cap cycle. You know, I don't want to. I'm getting caught up, though. Even though I know this is how, like, every cap season goes in the Ovechkin era, outside of the year they didn't make the playoffs and the year they won the Stanley Cup, every cap season 
in the Ovechkin era goes the same way. You know how the cap season goes. Now we're past the part of their typical midseason slump. And now this is the part where they start winning and getting home ice and then bowing out in the playoffs. That's always the final part of the cycle. So they've won five of six. Yeah, won five of six. Then one loss was an overtime loss to Edmonton. Like, and it was a BS loss. But then again, we're lucky to even be in overtime because TJ Oshie hit a buzzer beater. I didn't think I'd see that in hockey. He had a pretty much a buzzer beater to send us to overtime in Edmonton. And, you know, we missed two really good shots in overtime. And then Connor McDavid just being Connor McDavid and got us up out of there. You know, it just is what it is. The kid is like that. He is like top 10 in goals and points. Like, it's just, he's really good. So, yeah. In the meantime, we beat Calgary 5-4, and Ovechkin scored not one, but two goals. (laughs) And the second goal tied Yamir Yager for third all-time in goal scoring. Now trying to catch Gordie Howe at 8.01 and then eventually Gretzky at, let me check my notes, 894. That is just insane. But if anyone can do it, it's Ovechkin. We're watching history in the making, and that's what makes this you know, season worthwhile. Even though I know it's the cap cycle and I know how this ends, this is just what I expect. This is what usually happens with the Caps. Even though that's the case, I am enjoying um, Ovechkin making history. And then Kuznetsov had a hat trick last night. He killed it in Vancouver. He had a hat trick. And this is the guy we talked about trading. And he talked about him having a terrible season last year. This dude is killing it. So you better respect. (laughs) You want to respect the bird. Hockey edition. Get it? Because the Capitals mascot is a bird. And and also Kuznetsov celebration is the bird. Sally, you you should already know this, man. Come on now. But <laughs> I'm just saying, you gonna respect the bird, and then hopefully that gets the Capitals out of the cycle and to another championship. Wishful thinking. I wish for this every show, but hopefully I'm not falling into the trap of being very optimistic, knowing that it's just a battle. Being a Caps fan, you want to recreate. 2018 but you know the cycle Ooh, more breaking news lsu parted ways with will wade man what what a dramatic tenure that was but anyway that was crazy anyway you're gonna respect the bird the caps hopefully they ain't all cap and they play like they supposed to be playing when it's time for them to play 
how they're supposed to be playing. Like in late April and in May. And they don't fold like a cheap tent. I'm just saying. All right, man. See what else we got. All right, Oklahoma basketball, hard-fought victory against Baylor. They dominated them in the second half. They locked them down defensively. And then they made some tough shots, kind of like they did against Kansas. They just fell short against Kansas. Against Texas Tech, um, wow, what a defense performance in the second half. They went on a 14-0 run at some point, but they just kept letting Tech hang around. And then Tech, they just made one or two more free throws in OU at the end, and that was the difference. I mean, they got fouled with like seven seconds to go. This is um, Jacob Groves got fouled. And he's he's had a great last two games. They put on the screen that he was a 62% free throw shooter. And I was like, oh, God, here we go. He make the first. I'm like, okay, maybe he's clutch. Maybe that doesn't matter. Then right on cue, he misses the second one. It gets tipped out. And then Moja Gibson, I'm like, oh, my God, pass the ball. This dude gets his um gets the ball taken from him. And then the Texas Tech guy travels, but time runs out. Man, Texas Tech got lucky. They got lucky. And then they had some call where Jalen Hill got called for a foul, and it was all ball. They stole that one. But, you know, I've changed my mind about this OU team. They've won the games I've said they needed to win. They beat Oklahoma State. They beat Kansas State. They beat West Virginia. All those games they had to win. And then I said they had to win one game for consideration in the tournament. And they had to win two to be in there for sure. And they were a play away from winning the second one. This is a tournament team. But from everything I've seen with Bracketology, they're going to be in the outside looking in. And I'm devastated. Hopefully they can win the NIT. And hopefully I see Virginia Tech there. And they smack Virginia Tech. Hopefully. Wishful thinking. If they're going to make the NIT, hope they go out like that. If they make the NIT, I'm thinking about going out to see them in New York if they make it that far. And if they're in the tournament and they make it all the way to the end, I'm thinking about going out there to see them. It's not that far. It's it's a three-and-a-half-hour, four-hour train ride, or, or I can drive and pay a lot of toll money. You know, we'll see. Uh, Oklahoma women playing right now. They comfortably won the first round game, and now they're playing Baylor for the third time. Uh, Baylor has like three Big 12 losses, and two of them were against OU. And the last time I checked, OU women were losing. Uh, Let me get an update on that. Last time I checked, they were losing. And I'm just like, oh, God, here we go again. Um, I'm going to get an update on them later, but last time I checked, they were losing. Um, no matter what happens with the guys, the girls will be in it, and it looks like they're going to have home court advantage for the first two games of the tournament, which will be big, and I hope Sooner Nation packs the LNC and support these ladies 
because they've been playing well about all season. So the guys, hopefully, they make the tournament. It looks like from what I've been seeing, they'll either be playing in Dayton on next Tuesday or Wednesday, or they're going to be in the NIT and they're going to have home court advantage. And I guess men's and women's are going to be playing extra home games in March. And guys, you better show up for them. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say about it. Let's go OU. All right, some quick takes. No hypothetical this time. Uh, Jocelyn Allo broke the record, finally. I was worried that she wasn't going to break the record because of how people were pitching to her. They were pitching around her. They were walking her. I was like, these people skirt. But I was following the updates of the Hawaii game, and they were pitching to her from the beginning. And I was like, this could be the game. And she hit it out the park, I think her second or third at bat. And everyone went crazy on Twitter. And Lauren Chamberlain, I was waiting for her reaction. It came this morning, and she posted the iconic pic that I got saved of her putting the crown on Jocelyn Allo's head. And I was like, that is an iconic picture right there. That is, I might make that my um my uh screensaver. Nah, or I could make that my home screen. On my iPhone. I could do that. Because it's really that quality of a pitcher. But congrats to Jocelyn Allo. 96 home runs. And this is what? The second half of the season? We're not even halfway through the season, I don't think. So she could easily get another 20 home runs. And put this thing out of reach. That's what I'm hoping. Just put it out of reach. Don't let anyone catch you. (laughs) We're going to let this record stand. For about two more generations before someone comes. Records are meant to be broken. So I'm sure someone will break it. But it's not going to happen anytime soon. Hopefully not. But I said that about Lauren Chamberlain. And then what do you know? Jocelyn Allo comes comes through some seven years later and breaks the record. There you go. And I, and I like how the attitude of the pitchers that gave up the record-breaking home runs to Lauren Chamberlain. You know, well, Kenzie Grimes, I really liked her back then in 2015. I really like her now with her mindset about being competitive and wanted to go at the best. I could tell. I mean, she hit. She threw a pitch at Lauren Chamberlain and hit her. And I was like, she got some stones. And we booed her. We gave her hell for that. And then we kind of forgot about it once she gave up that record-breaking home run. And then the same thing with uh, her name escapes me right now. But the pitcher that gave up the home run to Jocelyn Allo, the one that plays for Hawaii. Yeah, her. I like her mindset, competitive mindset, too. Wanting to uh, play against the best and give the best their best. Ashley Murphy. You got to love it. I love that mentality. It's very inspirational. It's very GOAT level. So congrats to Jocelyn. Let's see what this team do. They're still undefeated. They're still destroying people. Let's just see what happens. I think it was God's plan for Jocelyn Allo to break the record in her home state of Hawaii. I said it was God's plan for her to break the record in Hawaii. (laughs) It was just poetic. You got to love it.
Now on to the next thing here. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Okay. Okay. Bat Baker is finally getting the statue revealed. We've been waiting for this forever. We've been waiting for this for at least about five years since ever since we knew he was getting one. We've been waiting for this moment. I kind of wish I could be there, but I think it'd be best if I stay home. I think it's on April 23rd, and this is the week before I go to Ohio again. I'm probably just going to lay back and just chill. Um, or I could get on my grind and make it out there. But <laughs> we'll see what happens. I doubt, I really doubt that I'm going. But I'm glad it's finally happened. Long overdue. And I hope OU football has a great spring game. Whoever gets to go is going to have fun. And they're going to remember this moment. And just enjoy it. It's going to be, that's going to be lit, man. I can't wait till that statue reveal. And hopefully next year we can do it all again with Kyler Murray. And everyone wants <laughs> everyone wants um, Lincoln Riley to show up. I really doubt he's going to do that. <laughs> but it would be entertaining if he does. Kind of like Ben Simmons going to Philly. Kind of that. You know, you hope he shows his face, but we'll see. Uh, all right. Oh, Georgetown. Finished the Big East season winless. I didn't think it was possible, especially from a Georgetown team. I should have known something was wrong when they struggled with Howard. That might have been their last win. But they struggled with Howard and then went on to go winless in the conference. And, well, at least they went out fighting. They only lost to Seton Hall by four in the tournament. But that's ridiculous. 21-game losing streak, zero wins in the conference. Patrick Ewing is the coach? That's just, I'm just mind blown. Where do they go from here? It looks like Patrick Ewing is staying for now, but these guys going to have to do something because that was a joke of a season. They were the worst team in the DMV. If they play at Howard 10 times, I'm sure it's 5-5. Five, five. That's how bad they were. Wow, I, I just can't believe it. They were trash. <laughs> Unbelievable. This looks like this is going to be my longest podcast episode ever, so enjoy this. I had I had to go ham, though. There's a lot to talk about. All right. Um. Oh, speaking of Howard, they lost to Coppin State again. I just didn't think it was possible. The the fact that they lost the first time, I was like, what? And then they lost the second time I was there. I I mean, I just couldn't believe it. I thought, you know, they were going to fix their problems that they had against Morgan State. Um, I, I just couldn't believe it. They kind of did. They didn't turn the ball over, but they didn't rebound. They didn't play defense. They lost. They gave up 17 threes. They lost at home. I noticed that all these games were really close, by the way. But the fact that they lost to Coppin State three times. Now, this third time, I wanted them to play defense. Check. I wanted them to rebound. Check. They had a plus 20 advantage on the boards against Coppin State in this third game. They're the, they're, they were the second seed. So that means they beat North Carolina Central, a game I wanted to go to. They beat them. 
I'm like, come on, bro. But here's the problem. They rebounded. They played defense. Great. No problem. They should get compensated up out of here finally. No. They still lost. And they gave up a game-winning buzzer-beater shot. Are you serious, bro? Are you kidding? Here's, here's why they lost this time. I'm going to read some stats for you. Here, here's some stats from that game against Coppin State, the latest game. I can't believe they out-rebounded Coppin State 50-25. to But they had 22 turnovers, shot 29% from the field, and 15% from three. They did all that other stuff right, but they couldn't make a basket. You gotta be kidding me. And then Kyle Foster, the OG, the guy that had 27 against Goblin State the last time, three for 11, eight points. Ty Bibbs, number 33, one for seven. Elijah Hawkins, three for 16. Was it good Goblin State defense, or were they just loafing or was Howard just loafing and not making shots? Unbelievable how they go out like that. I was like, this was the year. They were second seed. They beat North Carolina Central twice. This was the year they finally was going up in the two Titans on top of the throne, North Carolina Central and Norfolk State. I thought this was the year. It seemed like it. They did get blown out by Norfolk State, by the way, in this time period. But I thought, you know, this is it. It didn't happen. They lost to Coppin State. And then Coppin State beat North Carolina Central. And now Coppin State is here getting dogged in the championship against Norfolk State 61-43. Disappointing ending. Very disappointing. But, hey, hopefully I get out to some Howard games next year. Be no Kyle Foster. But I got to trust that uh, coaching staff. Um, they got a DeMatha guy at the helm, a DeMatha slash Duke guy, and they got uh, Tyler Thornton, who was playing at Gonzaga while I was playing at McNamara. So, yeah, um, I guess we just got to trust them and see what happens. Oh, man, longest show, longest show I've ever had. This is crazy. Okay, staying on the Howard thing, Ryan Howard. So, Ryan Howard, the projected number one, or what I've been seeing lately, number two, picking the draft. Went on an NCAA, not NCAA, SEC tournament run with Kentucky where they beat Tennessee, Arkansas, and South Carolina, who is kind of the favorite to win it all. No, they beat LSU, Tennessee, and South Carolina. LSU... Kim Mulkey turned that team around immediately. That was a great win. Tennessee historic program beat them, and they were ranked. South Carolina national favorites, title favorites beat them. And I'm just like, and she's just killing it in all these games. I really hope that she ends up becoming a mystic. But if we get Nalisa Smith, Nalisa Smith is pretty good, too. You know, one is a long athletic guard. One's a big guard, and that's Howard. She's 6'5". And another one is kind of a four, stretch four, 
ish, I believe, from what I've heard and seen. So I'll take either one of them. I'd rather have Howard. But if it turns out we get Nalisa Smith, she's been pretty good too, and she's an All American, of course. So, and you know, she's playing my Sooners right now. Hopefully, the Sooners pulled out that victory. But, you know, it is what it is if they didn't. You know, there's still the NCAA tournament. Um, yeah. Oh, you know, I would, I would hate for, cause I would hate for one of these players to go to the Indiana Fever because they just haven't had good luck with draft picks since Tamika Catchings have left. The girl from Baylor, the last girl from Baylor, Lauren Cox, didn't work out, got traded or released, something like that. Their latest draft pick, did they pick, I don't know, number four? They picked her like number four. She got released. And she's averaging one point in a game. I'm like, what the heck is going on? Why are these latest draft picks sent to Indiana to die? And then they just traded Tierra McCowan, who was their number one draft pick, number two draft pick three years ago. I'm like, what is going on over there? Why is it so dysfunctional? Oh, and they got three more draft picks. They looking like the Eagles right now. They got three first-round draft picks, and it's like only like 12 or 13 picks in the first round of in any round of a WNBA draft, and they got three of them. But looking at their history, it's not good for these draft picks. So, yeah. I hope the the Mystics get Howard, but if they end up with Nalisha, okay. They're both really good players. And I'm fortunate that the Mystics have the number one pick. And they have a watch party. They sent me that email, and I'm trying to go to that watch party. I think the watch party is at the at Capital One, is at Caesar Sportsbook. I didn't even know there was a second floor to that sportsbook, but it is. It looks like that's where I'm going to go. I just got to remember when, what day it is so I can go out there. I can't wait. Can't wait to see what the Mystics do. Uh, was there anything else here? Yeah, no. Uh, did, I, did I miss anything? Nah, that's it. So you already know, man. Mr. Van Pugh. Back again. But you already know that I'm out. Peace. Psych I lied. GoatLevelTees.com. For all things GOAT level. So, I'm out for real. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the GOAT Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.